Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey everybody, Todd here. I just wanted to give you a heads up on this episode. We had some technical issues with Mikey and Paige's side of the audio. So you pretty much are getting my normal audio and then Mikey and Paige are going to sound a lot like they're on a Zoom call because that's what it is. I record the Zoom call as well and we had to defer to that audio for them. So I do apologize. Believe me, I pride ourselves in how great our podcast sounds week after week. So putting on an episode that does not sound stellar breaks my heart heart but we thought it was better to put out an episode than miss a week so forgive us it shouldn't happen again we've already taken steps to make sure it doesn't and again sorry it is a great episode so please stick with us you're gonna love it i promise but for now enjoy this amazing intro song from aaron I don't need no wine and dine, I want something high class. Like spending my nights at home, romance in the podcast. Take a deeper dive into these movies that I trash. trash. Me once in a bookstore, and then we'll smash. Roll call. Todd. Paige. The, the other guy. Oh, yeah. Mikey. Mikey. tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Michael Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week I made you guys watch 13 going on 30. All right. So was this the first time either of you had seen this movie before? No. No. Uh, I saw this when it came out. (laughs) I kind of remembered more and more of it as I went along watching it. Yeah. And I remember when I saw it the first time, I kind of felt like I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was just kind of there, and I feel the same. (laughs) Uh, um, I don't super dislike this movie. Like, I don't have super strong feelings against it. Sure, sure, sure. But I don't need to watch it again, I think. I'm I'm really fine never seeing this again. There are hotter versions of Mark Ruffalo out there in the world. You like him as the Lumber Hulk. I get it. I mean, that's why. I I mean, (laughs) Lumber Hulk is, is peak mark ruffalo for me although he is very cute in this movie he is he's adorable but this movie has like a wild consent problem and i love jennifer garner but she spends the first 30 minutes of this movie at an 11 and she could have done an eight and it would have been good and also i think her hockey boyfriend's dumb but kind of cute (laughs) <laughs> that checks out that checks out that you would like the hockey surprising board, right? no one surprising <laughs> no this makes, one this makes complete sense to everyone yeah. involved yes I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about him in the story he's just being him trying to have sex with his girlfriend yep. that he's been dating for a long time 
and he just has no idea why she's acting weird and doesn't really examine it and she fully <laughs> goes on a whole different life without him it's it's kind of wild yeah well she was cheating on him anyway um, I, apparently with a married guy and also yeah. with an engaged guy there's a lot of cheating in this movie that everyone's just like but the one and i'm like oh, no that doesn't make it okay well she's only okay 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 this is only the second time i've seen the movie the okay. first time was vague i have no idea when the first time i saw this movie was probably close to 2004 when it came out yeah it wasn't in theaters oh and okay whatever and i wasn't paying close attention so i watched it close <laughs> Todd and I had a brief conversation before Paige got on the call where yes. I do think it is the female version of big, but like, instead of yes. like, yeah, I think it's very interesting that she skips forward and she's like, I'm a douchebag. Yeah. And I think that's a very interesting concept. Mm -hmm. Like it, it almost like a Christmas Carol kind of thing. Sort of like what would happen if the 13 year old version of you ran into yeah. the 30 year old version of you. They'd be like, wow, I'm still single. <laughs> I, I I think about what 13 year old me would think about 30 year old me all the time and I'm just like well 13 year old me didn't know shit so it's fine <laughs> 13 year old me can hug a dick I'm on my own out here in these streets I'm fine it's, it's good um, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong it's been a long time since I've watched Big he has sex in Big yes as, as an adult also problematic oh we gotta do that movie I was glad that they didn't do that in this movie and I didn't remember if they did it or not, but they put her in a handful of situations where I'm just like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I disagree with you. I thought Jennifer Garner did a great job of being like emotionally a 13 and a 30 year old body. And I thought that was kind of hilarious. I thought she did a great job. Yeah. I had no problems with her performance. Although I do understand that like she is full to the wall in her performance. But you know who else is full to the walls? 13-year-old people. Yeah, that's yeah. why I don't really mind it so much. I, I think I was just annoyed, where I'm just like, uh. And I think the problem is just I don't want to watch teenagers. Yeah, I was about to say, right. but, but Paige, would you also be annoyed if you were hanging out with a 13-year-old right now? Yeah, I, I mean, it, I it depends too. on the 13-year-old, but probably, probably. <laughs> yeah, if it was a 13-year-old she met in the elevator and sort of befriended, she seemed more calm. Jennifer Gardner's version yeah. of 13 did not seem calm. Yes. For the record, I don't want to hang out with either of those versions of 13-year-old <laughs> girls. I was asking which one Paige would want to hang out because that's much more appropriate. Well, I mean, there is, there is a point <laughs> at which adult Jennifer Garner is exclusively hanging out with teenage girls, and I'm like, where are their parents? Yeah, that would be weird, right? Why are none of them concerned about the adult woman in their apartment building holding sleepovers? Because <laughs> ladies can molest, too. Like this That is, is straight-up grooming should, behavior. Okay, be we're going worried. dark. We are going dark. Lucky, what did you expect us to do? <laughs> I thought when she hit on that little boy at the bar, I, was, I lost my shit. I thought that was so funny. It's it's, it's funny, but I'm like, I, I kept expecting his parents to be sitting across the booth from him being like, excuse you. That like, would have made it funnier. Right that there. would have been more funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but in that scene, Mikey, I would have been weirded out if she hit on the older guy. Because the age difference between the young guy and 30-year-old Jennifer Gardner is the same between 30-year-old uh, Jennifer Gardner and <laughs> that old-ass man that... I love Judy Greer, but Judy Greer is questionable in this movie. But Judy Greer was telling her to hit on. I like how they found a young actress that looks exactly like yes. Judy oh my Greer. God. But then they're like, she had a nose job. I was like, did she put the old one back on? Because they look the same. Yes. I watched this with Natalie last night after we finished recording Oculus. So we were up to like 1230 <laughs> watching 13 going on 30 because our life is insane. But she was like, can you guess which one of these girls is Judy Greer? And I was like, yeah. 
the one that looks like a 13 year old Judy Greer. Yeah, I exactly. know which one is. <laughs> I, I bet they just saw that girl in casting and they were like, stop drilling. We have hit oil. Just like, And she can kind of act. She's perfect. I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I don't think I would watch it again, but I see why people like it. Oh, yeah. So it was the first time I had seen it, clearly, and I thought it was charming and funny. I think it's a little problematic, but for movies of this time period, it's not as problematic as other ones we've done. What movie have we watched that isn't problematic? Yeah, that's fair. I cannot wait until next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of fucking bonkers. She's been teasing her pick for I'm like so excited right now. Days. I am so excited right now. You tease. Um. Anyway, but yeah, I I sort of liked it. I thought Jennifer Gardner's performance was over the top and silly and ridiculous. I love Judy Greer and anything she does, even when she's the villain. So like, yeah, it was great. I'm with you, Paige. Though I'm glad that there was no sex in this movie. Oh yeah. I rewatched Big with my family on like summer vacation like two years ago, yeah. and then like me and my brother were like. Oh, they have sex? That's <laughs> like that's that's, that's uh... rape question mark? No, it's it, <laughs> it is. I was glad there was no sex in this movie yeah. because I think that makes it extra problematic, even though adult Paige saw hockey boyfriend and was just like, I could do a scene a little less clothes on this guy. He's naked in the first time you see him and you wanted less clothes? Well, I did until I saw the tidy whities and then I was just like, oh, no. No, thank you. Yeah, there's no good look that includes tidy whities. No. And I'm like, what? We had boxer briefs at the time. What are we doing here? I think they were just trying to yeah. make him look the fool. It, yeah, and I was like, then you should have made him less buff. <laughs> <laughs> He's a professional hockey player. Yeah, I know. That's the whole thing. Yeah. He's not the best of the team, but he has the no, best ass. No, he's just got the best ass. <laughs> he's still on a professional team. And I'll be honest with you, I just think he's kind of funny. Like, there's nothing wrong with him except that he's kind of dumb and kind of funny. I don't think anything um, was wrong with him at all. I, I thought the whole concept of the movie is great, where like she just wanders through her adult life and's like, I'm a terrible person and I'm I don't. Horrible this life bitch. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like Scrooge McDuck. Or wait, <laughs> Scrooge, not McDuck, the other one, the real one, Bob Marley's Ebenezer partner. Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh my God. All right, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> Mikey, I need you to like figure out what's going on. <laughs> you call yourself a Christmas person. How dare you? <laughs> Well, let's just get into this movie because we're going to have quite a bit to talk about. All right, let's, let's go. Let's do it. So we kick off with the Go-Go's Head Over Heels classic. We get credits over Sparkles, and then we get the picture day at Jenna's school. Yeah. And it turns out bad. <laughs> Those are bad photos. As picture days often do. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. I had some pretty good luck. I think my worst one was first grade. I had just gotten my ears pierced. Wanted to show them off. So I wore pigtails and a dress that had a choker attached to it because it was the 90s. Oh, wow, Paige. And I would have to search to find this photo. I'm sure my mom has it somewhere. Paige's mom, please provide us with said <laughs> photo. I think that was the first time I, I realized that I had big ears. I had no idea. Oh, you have big ears too? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, as a kid, I had not grown into them yet. And I looked like baby Shermanator. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I have big old ears. But also a very attractive person now that he's grown into his ears. 
Yeah, we grow into them sometimes. Yeah. But this is a real bad photo of her. It is a very bad photo of her, yes. And she picks up the photos, and this is the first place where we meet her friend, who is kind of like an amateur photographer, Matt. And they take pictures, and they're fun. He does get fat-shamed a bit as a teenager. Yep. Well, it sort of reverse fat-shamed as an adult. Judy yeah. Greer is like, hey, remember that time you were fat? Like she's so mean. I mean that that is how how mean high school people do. You can't really please them. You can't make them happy. You're too fat. You're too thin. They will never love you. <laughs> anyway, she runs into the popular girls in the hallway, and this is the first place where we meet. In my notes, I just have her as Baby Judy Greer. Yeah, that's who she is. But I guess Tom Tom. And I don't know why they call her Tom Tom. It's not really explained. No, it's not. Anyway, her name is Tom Tom, and she has the six chicks who are just six girls who are bad at coming up with names. And, <laughs> and they're pretty mean to Matt, her friend, baby Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, they're kind of mean to Jenna, too. Yeah, but they're like, yeah. they're like subtly mean to Jenna. Yeah. They're like overtly mean to Matt. Oh, yeah. Like, they're fat shaming him and just being real mean. Yeah. She then tells Jenna, like, hey, I told popular guy Chris that we were all going to go to your party, but we can't because of this group project and he'd be with us. And so Jenna offers to write the project for them. And then she and Matt walk home. We find out they're roommates and they're sharing razzles. They're roommates? No, sorry. They're neighbors. Roommates. Neighbors they, is the yeah. word. <laughs> <laughs> they're roommates. Like, they're neighbors. Anyway, <laughs> she and Matt go home. We cut to her getting dressed up for her birthday party. It's very 80s. She kisses the TV because she's in love with Rick Springfield, which is a very old crush for her to have, but sure. Well, I mean, it was 1987. Rick Springfield was, like, popular in 1987 because Jesse's girl was out. Yes, 87, the year I was born. Um, My sister and I have a running gag at home that Rick Springfield is our grandfather. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) But anytime it comes up where they're like, just scroll, we're like, oh yeah, Grandpa Rick Springfield. (laughs) And my mom is like, he's not any of our parents. And we're like, could be though. Yeah, he could. I think he's like in his (laughs) 70s right now. Oh, he's fully exactly the age he needs to be for to be one of our grandparents. (laughs) (laughs) Grandpa Rick Springfield. Yeah. But so she kisses the TV. Her parents burst in with a camcorder and her mom does the 16 candles thing of like, are you wearing a bra? And we find out that she's stuffing. Yeah. Which is why she belly flops on the bed because her dad bursts into an adolescent's room with a camcorder on record, which is a terrible idea, dad. Like there could be some stuff going on in there you don't want to save for posterity. I love this scene because they're like- I I agree, never burst into a teenage girl's room with a camcorder. Or boys. I think young boys is more, yeah, more risky. I think it's, spoiler, equally risky. Don't do it. I like the scene because it establishes the parents being really sweet because they like make eye contact and the dad like slinkers off and the mom like is very supportive i do feel like the parents are very sweet i just feel like it's a bad call like there is a point where you need to realize that your child is no longer a child they're a teenager and you need to handle them very it's differently the first day that she's a teenager give them some leeway I, they're still I, learning I, I would say they should have stopped bursting into her room a couple years ago <laughs> I'm not defending the action, but I mean, I just, I would like everyone to remember the scene in American pie that, you know, all Uh. of these things could happen uh, as teenagers (laughs) or the entire series of big mouth. 
Um, <laughs> so she's stuffing. Right. And her mom is trying to be like, don't stuff. Just be beautiful in your own way. Yeah. And she very hat on a hat says, I don't want to be beautiful in my own way. I want to be cool. And I was like, well, okay, we couldn't think of a more creative way to say it. Sure. Okay, great. Well, and she sort of just said the exact same thing to Mark Ruffalo's kid. Well, not kid, but like the kid version of Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. When he was walking her home because she was like, I don't want to be unique. I want to be one of the six. And he goes, yeah. you can't be one of the six. There cannot <laughs> be a six seven, six chick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there are six, six chicks. Which I thought was very funny. Yeah. I just want to know which six chick died for her to take over <laughs> in the alternate future that we see. Yeah. And, being that age and wanting to be popular. Yeah. I just don't think I would have articulated it this way. Does that I would make have because I read a lot. Mm. I'm kidding. Yeah, Paige, she's a future editor in chief of Sparkle Magazine, or that, yeah. at least of that's the trajectory. Magazine. Well, yeah. that was the trajectory she was on until 13 year old her comes in and fucks up her life by being a good now, person. That's right? a movie. Right? That's a movie right? I want to see. I want to see me waking up one day after a week of 13 year old me being in charge of my body and being like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Where did her brain go for the, those three yeah. weeks or whatever it is? No, in my mind, they were at the 13-year-old's body, which is problematic. <sighs> That's a movie I want to see. No, okay, okay. That's... That may, okay. That makes more sense because the timeline that gets 13-year-old her to where she ends up in this movie requires her to be a bitch of proportions we have not seen in her as a teenager. Yeah. So, headcanon, hear me out. If she <laughs> goes forward and her horrendous bitchy adult self goes back, that adult self gets shit done. That's how she becomes that 6'6 six, six chick. They, Yeah, but they, she's still in the closet when she comes back. There's no time that it lasts. Yeah, but then she comes back and throws the house at him. So, like, that's the thing. Like, I think she wishes oh, she's back. Oh, and like moment. the alternate timeline. Yeah. Then she comes back before. We just looper this movie. Yeah, we did just looper <laughs> this movie. So yeah, absolutely. So that actually does make sense if 30-year-old her spent a yeah. week or however long in 13-year-old her. She's there for her. like three weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense because I do believe 30-year-old her could turn the six chicks into the sevens <laughs> yes, whatever. whatever. And she'd be just running that yeah. shit. She would be running that fucking school, yeah. Thank you. That that solves a plot hole for me. Great. Uh, so <laughs> you're welcome, Paige. The the other thing that's a little strange about her as a teenager, but I think is also very real, is that she's reading adult women's interest magazines. Oh, she's obsessed with poise. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was supposed to be like Cosmo like, or whatever. It it is, and and I was also similarly obsessed with Cosmo at the time, and my mom did not want me reading it and hated when I would get my hands on them. Well, it's because you don't want your 13-year-old daughter reading about the 21 best ways to please your man. <laughs> How to give dicks an Indian bird. <laughs> if you read Cosmo as an adult, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> this is written for children who don't know that this is a bad idea. Uh, oh, man, that makes me hurt. <laughs> yeah, but she's reading an article in poise that says like why your 30s are the best years of your life 30 flirty and thriving yeah and that becomes 
her wish. Like her mantra, even. She like yeah. chants it to herself. She's like, I want to be 30. And her mom just says, you will be. But for now, you're my beautiful 13 year old. Because right. her mom is supportive and sweet. Yeah. And I, you know, every 13 year old at a certain point wants to just be a grown up with an apartment. But you know, for now they're 13. <laughs> yeah. A $20 million apartment in New York city. Yeah. Every, every 13 year old wants that on an $80,000 a year editor salary. Oh, get Cannon. She went back in time and invested in Microsoft stock. I mean, yeah. After taking over the school, that makes sense. Yep. I have to think that she like married and murdered an old man and he left it to her. No, I mean, I think she's rich no matter what because she knows the future. Yeah, she's like Biff Tannen. <laughs> yeah. She, she came back, kissed Maddie and was like, time to invest. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but then but then the the timeline where she and maddie end up together they just have like a modest house in jersey just because you're rich doesn't mean you have to show it off you know no i know but like the main the main timeline where she didn't go back is where she's flashy and showing it off and spending crazy amounts of money no but she did go back because bitchy future self is in charge yeah i mean only if our head canon is correct the oh it, it is true it, it, that solves all the time travel paradoxes right yeah so we cut to her in her basement she's doing the thriller dance and maddie comes over to bring her present now okay i know this is well intentioned but this is a little intense yeah when he shows it to her i literally said oh my god he's a psychopath Yes, he's a sucker. Uh, but I also, I'm fully a sucker for personalized presents. Yeah, So like, sure. if if I had been her, I would have been like, oh my God, he likes me. Like, oh no. I feel like he was yeah. well-intentioned, but maybe yes. went a bit too far, which is some, subtlety is something yeah. guys don't learn until later on, if they learn it at all. If you spend yeah. a thousand hours on an arts and crafts gift for someone who's just your friend, that's a bit much. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. means you're 13. But yeah, I think the movie very clearly paints that he likes her and she's oblivious. Yes. I think at a certain point she is willfully oblivious. Yeah, she's just not into him at all for whatever reason. Uh, he also writes her a song on the guitar that we never get to hear, mercifully. I was so sad that when she went back, we did not get a Weird Al guitar, like Rick Springfield, <laughs> yes. like parody of his love for her in that song. I was so sad that we didn't get amazing. that. would have been amazing. Yes. I, I have only seen someone play the keytar once, and it was Lady Gaga when I saw her live. And <laughs> it's fucking rad. I yeah. feel like that sets the bar a little high. Oh, if you've never seen Gaga live, sell your house and all your life savings and buy tickets. Because <laughs> that's how much it will cost you, but it will be worth it. So she is looking at the dream house and because he also made he made her in the bathtub questionable uh, uh, and then yeah. he put rick springfield on the couch and then he has him with a camera as if he's gonna film her and paper rick springfield <laughs> no, he's but then he's, he's like i'm gonna make sure he doesn't make any like quick moves like so it's a strange gift well-intentioned but it's the a, gift a of a 13-year-old boy who would give to a girl who is just obsessed has... with her. Yes. And yeah, it has no like insight upon like anything like that. I yeah. think that the reason he put himself in that room was so that you know, and he even says, I'm here so that Rick Springfield doesn't try anything because yeah. even as a 13-year-old Matt, he knows that it's not okay for a 13-year-old girl and 38-year-old <laughs> man to be alone in any room together. <laughs> and listen, I'm not saying Granddaddy Springfield is into it, but that's the position this movie puts him in. 
Yeah, Grandpa Rick Springfield is not depicted well in this film. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't know he's innocent. He wasn't doing anything. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so he also buys her wishing dust, which is like a packet of glitter. It is a packet of glitter. And honestly, the people who make wishing dust are wildly irresponsible with this superpower dust they're selling on the streets. It yeah. works. That's what, like that's as crazy as the amulet with that throne in the woods. <laughs> honestly, that is like Peter Pan walking around selling fairy dust to people who are having good days outdoors. They just start floating <laughs> away. <laughs> like that is wildly impractical. Peter Pan has to sell his fairy dust when he gets addicted to angel dust. <laughs> I was thinking it was like into the woods where the witch planted a bunch of beans that grow into giant beanstalks, and people were like, "Why were you planting these?" Yeah, <laughs> I love Into the Woods, man. It's so good. So the doorbell rings just as she's about to wish on the dream house. And so she puts it in the closet. And so there's, quote unquote, more room to dance. But she's clearly just like hiding a, I think what she interprets as childish present. Yeah, I think we so interpret too. as the reason Mark Ruffalo goes on to kill. And <laughs> she runs to the front door and the six chicks are there. And then Chris pulls up with all his friends. They come downstairs and Matt is playing talking heads and no one appreciates it. Which honestly hurt me a little bit. I'm like, I know. I was like, it's the eighties. I know. And talking heads was big in the eighties. Did no one like talking heads back then? No, they, people love talking heads back then. Yeah, he was just ahead of the curve. Yeah, sure. I don't know when talking heads hit their peak in popularity, but. Yeah, I don't know. So baby Judy Greer takes the mixtape out and just puts on the radio, which is boring. And Maddie says he's going to go next door to get his, he says his Casio. We find out later it's a key, it's a guitar. Oh, and But I mean, in all fairness, it really is a Casio keyboard that he put a guitar yeah. strap on. <laughs> there you go. Which is even more insane because it means his parents bought him a Casio keyboard to learn how to play piano. And he was like, I wanted a guitar. So how can I combine <laughs> these two things? Yeah, he just straps no, it I like, I'll like... stop the world and ruin this party. <laughs> 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 um, but this is where she says, do whatever you want, Matt. I don't need a play by play. Which is something that baby Judy Greer had said at school. Yeah. Honestly, that hurt my heart so bad. Is so yeah. sad. Get ready. We're seeing Matt's backstory about how he starts obsessively working out in college. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he leaves and baby Judy Greer's like, cool, we're going to play Seven Minutes in Heaven. Ugh. I was under the impression that Seven Minutes in Heaven went very differently. Yeah, me too. <laughs> this is not how I understood that game was played. No. You guys um, never played? I didn't play it like this. No, I've never played, but I also, the rules as I understood them was that it was basically spin the bottle and then you both go into the closet together. That's so like, what I thought it was. Okay. Yeah, where, I, yeah. I, I think there's that. I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, like three weeks? <laughs> 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 yeah, that, that was my understanding where essentially it would be both people being like, we are going to be making out i guess and i i think for me there's more of an agency there because the way that she describes it is that they're going to blindfold her put her in the closet and then he gets to do whatever he wants to you which i think is like sex trafficking it's, it's definitely consent is an issue yeah and and she's like and chris wants to go first 
which is just like it's also implying that there's a queue forming behind Chris of people <laughs> yes. that want to make oh, out on the left or whatever. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I remember playing this game and like this girl and I were in there. Oh no, and I liked her, but it was like like a polite like we just like talked for five minutes. So sure, I fully like, think that that's what happens ninety nine percent of the time during this game. <laughs> and then she like kissed me on the lips when we got out of the, out of the closet. And I was like, that was the best. <laughs> that, that's the thing. I feel like when you're at the age that you're Mike. playing seven minutes in heaven i think most people are all talk and that people go in there and they're just like so we're supposed to make out huh and then that takes up six and a half minutes of your time and then you actually kiss for maybe 30 seconds oh okay oh Would that's you know, not what happened apparently to you? i did it wrong <laughs> well, the name you. of my uh, dating profile is three and a half minutes of purgatory <laughs> <laughs> three and a half minutes that just won't end uh, <laughs> he put on the jurassic park theme song and now i can't get in the mood <laughs> <laughs> How dare you not come to John Williams, please? I just, I, I uh, 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 a friend of a friend that that happened to you, where a, no! friend told, a friend told me about it after the fact. So like, it, it not, nobody I knew personally, but somebody that my friend knew personally, and apparently they said that. They felt pretty accomplished while having sex to the Jurassic Park theme song. I mean, it is very dun, emotional. Dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Anyway, this is a, a huge consent issue. <laughs> what um, uh, what movie soundtracks would you guys have sex with? I, I have never had sex to music. That's never been a thing I've done. What? Yeah. No, wow. I, okay. You only bang out listening to your podcast? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I put noise-canceling like... headphones on her to listen to the podcast while we have sex. <laughs> I've never done this, but I think Chariots of Fire would be a good one to, like, <laughs> to, like slow jam out on. <laughs> you just get in rhythm and yeah. just slide on in. I was going to do something Danny Elfman, you know? <laughs> Mikey. Little Edward Scissorland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our Schindler's List. Oh, oh no. Yeah, no, I like hearing the sex noises. That's why I'm there. <laughs> I don't think that's a weird thing to say. Anyway, she's locked in the closet and unstuffs her bra because, according to Baby Judy Greer, Chris loves going for second base. Yeah. Which, if you're stuffed, that would be kind of funny for him to be like, what is, did you have a nosebleed earlier? Like, what is happening? <laughs> So she unsteps and she's blindfolded and waiting and they basically all leave the party. They take some of the snacks and they're going to take the project. Yeah, they yeah. loot the snack table and the project she did for them and then bounce. Yeah. And then Maddie comes back down the stairs and he's like, where is she? And she's like, oh, she's in the closet waiting for you. Yeah. Oh, she's the worst. So he opens the closet and she just says, well, I thought you weren't, weren't going to come. And then reaches out to be like, where are you? And then he does the very sweet, they like interlock fingers. I thought that was very sweet too. Which is very sweet. Yeah. Uh, and then she just says, oh, Chris. And he just goes, what? It's Matt. And she's like, what? What are you doing here? Where's Chris? What did you do? And as if it was Matt's fault. As if he was like, this is my plan all along. I mean, he didn't turn down the plan. 
I don't think he knew the plan. Yeah, he was out of the loop. He was literally, he ran to his house to get his keytar. He came back down and then was told that she was in the closet waiting for him. I don't feel like he did anything wrong here. I, yeah, baby Judy Greer is the, the devil Oh, here. she's the yeah, devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although I will say she does blame him for clearing the party out. And that is sort of his fault in her eyes. Because if you bring a keytar to a party, people are going to leave. I don't know. Lady Gaga would bear to do things different. <laughs> <laughs> like this stadium going to stay sold out. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Judas Priest used to play flute at rock shows. So I guess you can make anything work. I mean, fucking Lizzo plays flute and twerks. I don't see any problems. I don't see any problems with <laughs> that Except that her, her breathing control. Good for that girl. I can't do that shit. Yeah. I don't know how you're uh, holding a steady breath tone while flapping cheeks, but I'm glad someone can. Yeah, same. I think flapping cheeks is the grossest thing I'll say today. So you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome for hearing but it from is, me. It is accurate. Yeah, and I so mean, that's why it's staying in the show. No cuts. No cuts. No cuts, Mikey. No cuts. I don't believe in him. <laughs> you don't believe in there circumcisions? Let's move on. <laughs> uh, but so she screams, What did you do? Thinking that he cleared the party. And then she basically goes into like i hate you i yeah. hate me i hate everyone i want to be 30 and closes herself back into the closet and knocks against the shelf and gets covered in wishing dust and wakes up in a strange bedroom and falls to the floor as a full-grown adult yeah i i sort of like the way they shot this though because she falls to the floor and you're like oh okay maybe she just woke up in her bedroom right and then you see her crawl across the floor and you're like that's a little bit bigger than the girl was yeah. And then it's fully, like, you know, adult version of her. She's walking kind of through the apartment, investigating. Like, she finds the mail. She finds out that she's got boobs. Um, and we kind of see the boyfriend, like, walking around behind her a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't ever use her name, which I found really weird. He was like, Sweet Buns? No, Sweet Bottom. Sweet Buns would be Ugh. better. I hated Sweet Bottoms. I was like, why would you call someone Sweet Bottom? That's yeah, because so Sweet weird. Bottom Girls make the world go around. That's Fat Bottom Girls. And that is true. Sweet Bottom is not true. Although, whatever, <laughs> Sweet Bottom is fine. I just don't like the way it sounds. Fat Bottom Girls be flapping cheeks and playing the flute yeah, and making do. the world go round. Fat Bottom Girls be flapping tweaks, sweet around the world. <laughs> <laughs> sweet Bottom sounds oh, like you a gonna brewery. flap them cheeks tonight. <laughs> So she tries to call her parents, but they're on a cruise without her. And then Lee, she leaves them a voicemail that just says, you went on a cruise without me, which I think is very funny. I loved it. And I want to see the day that her parents arrive home just to that voicemail. And they're just like, what? Well, she's there the day they arrive home. I know. And we don't get to see them be like, what <laughs> yeah, happened? If she's in the house crying and then, then they check the voicemail, they'd be like, we have to get our daughter help. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> she grabs her coat and an umbrella because she's trying to get out of the house and away from the boyfriend who's like helicoptering his dick at her. Yeah. <laughs> Which, hey, if you're in a healthy sexual relationship with another adult, a consenting adult, occasionally you're going to get dicks helicoptered at you. I would be lying if I said I hadn't done that recently. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a common See, part but of that. A, a that's the thing is I only do that. When we're making love to the platoon soundtrack. <laughs> and she gets down on her knees with her hands up in the air like William Defoe. 
everybody is getting Paige, on board this joke. I love you're doing joke. it too. <laughs> and then we got, I got, we're just writing a letter like, sex is hell. <laughs> I know you said the platoon soundtrack, but my brain went to the apocalypse now soundtrack. <laughs> More or less the same thing, right? I do love the way they hide the nudity in this shot. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, very, very funny. And she's hearing music, and we know it's a cell phone, but because she's from the 80s, she does not know cell phones are a thing. Cell phones from this time period super date movies for me, just because of how it was such a short time period where cell phones looked and sounded like that. Right, right, I mean, you basically, anything pre-smartphone has a different look. Yes. And then... About 2009. It's like not even that long ago. Cell phones changed. Right. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. So like any movie in like the probably like 98 to 2008, 2009, they all have that same cell phone feel. And it's so weird to me. I, I'm sure you you guys remember cell phones were super fatty at the time where like it would be like flip phones were a thing for a while yeah. or the like slide phones or like the sidekick where you had the like flippy thing yeah. or the like classic Nokia one. And so like, depending on what you're seeing, it really like specifically dates a movie Yes, because within the same time period, it could be this movie where they've got just the generic flip phones, or it could be the, Kelly Rowland's music video where she has the sidekick and is texting into Excel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And those are within like a year or so of each other. Uh, And it's just the wild west until smartphones exist. And you wonder why Kelly Rowland is one of the least successful children of destiny. I'm going to argue that some of her solo work is really good and is underappreciated in its time. All I'm saying is that Beyonce would not have texted into Excel. No, Beyonce doesn't text at all. She just shows up. Yeah, people text her, okay? So she gets outside to a limo where Judy Greer is waiting. It's not a limo. It's just like a town car. It's like a, it's a, a town car. car. Yeah. Yeah, I did I did take issue with the fact that she rides in a stretch limousine later because I'm just like, she would just be in a town car. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But so she asks her, like, are you really my best friend? And she's like, yeah, sure. But the slip dress is 1997 and it is fully just a slip. Yeah. It's literally what she got out of bed in. Like she threw a bl- like a blazer sort of thing over it. Yeah. And she tries to tell her I'm 13 and Judy Greer's like, you should go with 27. Yeah. If you're going <laughs> like- to lie about your age, don't lie that much. Yeah. 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 The kind of guys that are into that, you don't want to hang out with. No. Uh, Which is funny. And- well, I don't think she says that, Mikey. She doesn't. Oh. It's just a fact of life. <laughs> I said that, and it's true. I do love her outfit throughout the movie because I'm like, wow, that's really funny. Oh, the fact that she's just wearing a slip for the first 40 minutes of this movie? Like, every outfit she has is like... I, I like that she does her hair and makeup like a teenager. I think that's yes. very funny. Yes. And, and like an 80s teenager, specifically. Yeah. So this is also where Judy Greer teaches her what a cell phone is, and... Because she's like, it's probably just our boss because we're late. And she just says, you drink too much. (laughs) So she picks up the phone and it's the boyfriend from upstairs. And he's like, sugar bottoms, you drink just as much as me. Which is, implies some real upsetting things about what happened the night before. What? Why? Uh, do you think she woke up sore in strange places for a 13-year-old to be sore? Okay. I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, oh. it was probably consensual, right? The night before. I mean, they're they're together. 
I, I guess, I mean, alcohol negates consent, so that always makes it a little strange, but, like, it's a weird line to include. Maybe they were too drunk to do anything last night. I think that could be the other option, is that nothing happened, Yeah. and he was trying to make it happen this morning because they were too drunk to do anything the night before. I don't know. That's a weird line to go with instead of, like, babe, are you okay? Which is what a normal boyfriend would say. Well, yeah, but this one's an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> That's true. Um, he does have my favorite line of the movie, though, but we'll get to it. So she gets into the town car with Lucy, Judy Greer. And Judy Greer's like, say it after me. I'm Jenna Rank. I'm a big time magazine editor. I'm a tough bitch. I'm going to walk into that meeting and not let anybody know I'm hungover because the future of boys depends on me. And this is the point where she's like, okay, that's who I am. That's how, how, yes. how I know a little bit about my life. Yeah. They walk in past the secretary who just says, good morning. And she says, what's her name? And Judy Greer just says, who cares? Yeah. Cause Judy Greer is a fully terrible person. She's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <in this movie. laughs> and this is coming from someone who I love Judy Greer. I think she's amazing yes. in everything. And I think she's amazing in this, but she is fully the villain in this movie. Oh, a hundred percent. But this is also where as she's walk, they do like a walk and talk and she's getting people asking her questions about like, which, you know, layout should we go with? Uh, Eminem is on the phone and he wants a decision. And she's like, plain, <laughs> peanut, plain. Um, I honestly thought it would have been funny to have Eminem show up a few scenes later and be like, you told me to get on the plane. <laughs> yes, all, just all in one color. Like you said, no logos, plain. Or he just comes in in a giant peanut suit or dressed like, who's the guy, the peanut guy with the monocle? Mr. Peanut. Mr. Peanut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dressed like Mr. Peanut. Surprisingly enough, his name is just Donald. My name is Donald Peanut. <laughs> Donald Peanut. Mr. Peanut was my father. <laughs> I took this monocle off his corpse after I killed and ate him. <laughs> so we meet her boss, Richard, played by Andy Serkis. You mean Gollum? Yeah, I do mean Gollum, except yeah. that all I kept thinking was, this is what Daniel Radcliffe is going to grow into. Because he sounds like him. <laughs> he sounds like adult Daniel Radcliffe in this movie. And I'm just like, it's going to be a weird road, but this is where we're going to end up. I mean, honestly, I'm here for it. I'm here for it, too. And I love Andy Serkis in this movie. I don't think Andy Serkis is a great actor. In fact, I think most of his performance in this movie feels very forced. But for some reason, it super works, and I'm super into it. I'm like, Gollum is crushing this movie. He's like, um, I'm in town for a few weeks. I'll do this role. <laughs> yeah, what is that? So we cut to a conference room where they're going to have the meeting. Her coworkers are talking about what they're going to do over, I think it's summer. Oh, are they? Yeah, we don't know exactly when this movie takes place, but they're debating whether or not, allegedly they're all going to go to St. Bart's. And then Judy Greer turns to one of them and goes, aren't you going to go to Fire Island? Are you calling me gay? And I'm like, why is this in this movie? Why do we also have homophobia in this movie? <laughs> yeah. As they're sitting down to the meeting, the assistant comes in and asks, Jenna, is there anything you need me to do for you? And she gives her Matt's phone number and is like, I need you to find this person, yeah. basically. During the meeting, we find out that Sparkle Magazine keeps having literally the same covers. They've been scooped for the last seven months. Well, and articles. Like, one of the articles was like, like their article at Poise was like, Jennifer Lopez, 10 secrets on whatever. And then Sparkle's was, Jennifer Lopez's 11 secrets on whatever. Right. Yeah. We cut to her back in her office, because she excuses herself from the meeting, like, can I go to the bathroom? Because she does not know what's going on. Yeah. 
Back in her office, she finds a picture of a bunch of celebrities and the naked guy. And the assistant comes in and tells her that she has messages. Her mom called from Barbados. And oh my God, it made me so sad because when she's like, oh, my mom called, why don't you tell me? She's like, please, please don't fire me. Yeah. She, you told me not to tell you when your parents call, which is kind of sad. It's real sad. Then we find out that she called Matt's parents and lied to him about his credit score. Oh, yeah. And found out where he lives now. So she rushes out to go track down Matt in. Greenwich Village. The assistant's just like, so should I cancel your 2.30 meeting? Like, what's happening? (laughs) So she runs out into the street. She gets a cab, finally. She tries to buzz into his building. She pretends to be a delivery person more than once. It happens a couple times in the movie, which is kind of funny. Well, because he answers the door and goes, you're not Chinese. And I was like, (laughs) wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because he he if you're not the delivery or whatever, he says the restaurant, then I don't want to. Yeah, I'll forgive what he says because it's clear he's talking about Chinese food. Yes. He just says, you're not Chinese. And she's like, no. (laughs) No, what? So he answers the door as a fully grown Mark Ruffalo. And she's like, you're tall. You're different. And he's like, I don't, what? What's happening? Yeah. And he does not recognize her at first, although he he quickly does guess it's her. Right. And he opens the door for her and she like attack hugs him. And she's basically like 13 talking to her 13 year old friend. But he's a full blown adult being like, there's a woman in my house having an episode and yes. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly the way that like I would act if this happened. Yeah, absolutely. He is so nice because I would completely understand hauling the authorities and be like, hey, there's a childhood friend of mine who I haven't talked to in years who's having some sort of mental break. Yeah, can you get a Mikey over here to help me? Yeah. But he walks her home. He makes sure she's safe. Like he's he's a stand up dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, are you high? And she's like, no, I was sitting in my closet and I don't I don't remember my life. I just skipped forward basically. Yeah. And I do like that no one in this movie ever believes her. They just think she's having some sort of break. And they're just like, well, as long as she turns her work in on time. (laughs) (laughs) As long as she uses this to save the magazine, it's fine. (laughs) Uh, I think Mark Ruffalo probably, I don't know. Well, she stops talking about it. Yeah, well, because I think after a while, she's like, I'm done trying to get people to believe me. I might just yeah. be stuck here. I just have to be 30. She does. Yeah. They, they, the movie does weave that, walk that line really well, I think. Mm-hmm. And he basically tells her, like, I, I can't help you remember your life. I don't know anything about you. We haven't been friends since high school, basically. Yeah. And it's because we find out. Well, I guess we don't find out until much later we what don't. happened. Yeah. yeah. Cause if we had, we would have been like, you should look like the hockey guy if that's what happened to you. <laughs> but we do find out that they had some sort of falling out in high school or around the age that we were we left off, you know? Yeah, around yeah, around yeah. the age they switch places, 30-year-old her and 13-year-old her. Yeah. Right. And he does say he's like, I think I maybe saw you through a window six years ago, but I don't know, like not a clue. They get to her apartment building and he's basically like, okay, you're safe. Okay, bye. (laughs) Like, Which is the right thing to do. You don't really know this person. Right. He's already gone above and beyond. Like he's a great guy Uh, already at this point. And he implies that she wouldn't have been home for Christmas. She was probably at St. Bart's and she was just like, who is St. Bart? And he's like, okay. And so he takes her upstairs. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're clearly not all right. I will help make sure you're in your apartment. <laughs> yes. Uh, and they go through her yearbooks and she's like, I was a six chick. And he's like, yeah, you, you kind of like led them. You were like the head of the crew. We find out that she was prom queen and she went with Chris and she just says, 
I got everything I ever wanted. And what I love about Mark Ruffalo's performance is that even as an adult, it somehow still stings him a bit. And you can kind of see him in the background, just like, ugh. He does a great job in this. Yeah. He's a great actor. And I would like it if whenever we refer to Chris, we just refer to him as his adult name, Jim Gaffigan. Yes! <laughs> that reveal at the end made me so happy. I was like, oh, and, I, and no disrespect to Jim Gaffigan, who I think is hilarious. He's so good in it. But yeah, yeah. I just love that the most attractive guy in school turned out to look like Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan. And that made me so happy because honestly, <laughs> I've been to enough high school reunions to realize that's sort of what happens. Uh, yeah, no, that that is what happens. The hot guy in high school ends up looking like Jim Gaffigan and the dude who was tortured in high school ends up looking like the hockey boy. Yeah, he ends up buying a home gym and looking sexy well into his 40s. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Her phone rings, she answers it, and it's her limo for that night confirming, like, we're going to pick you up. I love how she, like, hops onto the couch and, like, puts her legs up behind her. Like, the yes. pose you would assume a 13-year-old girl would have with, like, a hamburger phone from the 80s. Oh, hamburger phone. Yeah. Well, and she does the, like, yes, I will be able to make that appointment. Yeah. <laughs> like, just very proper phone voice. Yeah. And he's kind of trying to excuse himself as she's on the phone. Yeah, he's trying to leave. Yeah, he's trying to leave. He's done enough for this lady. Yes. Yeah. And she says, you don't want to go to the party? Like, come with me. Like, you don't want to come to the party? And he's like, no, 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 I have to work. And she's like, it's cool that we both have jobs. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, we're adults. We, yeah, that's like <laughs> we how- We have jobs oh, that's and so money. Funny. But she basically says like, hey, if you want to come, it's going to be fun. And he's like, okay, fine. And leaves. And she then has this moment of like, what if this isn't a dream? What if what I wished for actually happened? Yeah. And he just says, then you got everything you wished for. Yeah. And as they're leaving, they have their greeting that they had as 13 year olds where she says Arrivederci and he says au revoir. Well, she makes him say it because he doesn't want to. Well, yeah, I, I think he also knows what she became as an adult and yeah. is just like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> like, no, no, no. I understand why he would react that way originally. I do sort of like that he humors her. I feel like he's clearly aware that she's having an episode. Yeah, I think so too. Where he's like, this this person needs some help. I'm going to leave and then I'm going to call in a wellness check. <laughs> like, yeah, I, and I, I, yes. think, I honestly think he's a, like a super sweet guy for doing all of this. Oh, absolutely. He's he's wonderful. I mean, aside from the fact that he definitely cheats on his fiance. Yeah, he's pretty wonderful. Most of this movie. Agreed. So we get like a getting ready montage and she's like bright blue eyeshadow, hot pink <laughs> lips, body glitter, butterfly clips. Like she goes full teenager with what is in her closet. Even that dress she was wearing, I was like, man, I'm shocked that dress was in her closet. Me too, because she goes <laughs> through the closet and it's all kind of like fancy bland. And then there's that in there somewhere. Yeah. But I, I will say, and I have this in my notes, that dress and the party scene is like the only thing I remembered from the first time I saw this movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everything else I, I was like, I remember that Mark Ruffalo was in it and that's about it. <laughs> but when she leaves, she gets in the elevator and that's where she meets the 13 year old girl from her building right. that then starts that 13 year old clique she starts hanging out with in the building. Right. And the girl's just like, why are you talking to me? You usually ignore me, <laughs> which I'm like, yeah, I ignore teenagers too. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> 
I'm an adult. I don't talk to you. What's yeah. happening? And I, it's not because I think I'm better than them or whatever. It would just be weird, I think, for me to talk to a 13-year-old of any gender. Especially, especially if, like, they're with their parents and you're just talking to them and not their parents. Oh, like, yeah, like, if their parents are there and, like, they're involved in a conversation or whatever, I'll acknowledge the 13-year-old, but I'm not going to solo them out and be like, how are you today, child? But also, <laughs> that's not a good look. Also, what's going to happen child. when that 13-year-old girl gets home to her parents and is like, I met that lady in the elevator, and they're like, who was talking to you in She the said elevator? I could come over and borrow purses whenever I want. Yeah, you're not allowed to ride the elevator alone anymore. Guys, okay, okay. People are nice to kids sometimes, and, like, you know, like, yeah, they're not? called pedophiles, Mikey, Mikey feels personally no, attacked. they're not called pedophiles. Now, granted, she does spend the night with this girl later, which is problematic. But, like, being nice to someone in an elevator elevator who's a kid is not like in this context not super problematic uh, yeah i would say this scene didn't raise a ton of red flags it's when they have the sleepover later and she continues to talk to her all the time that i'm just like this is classic grooming behavior yes and no, should concern yeah. every adult involved yes but if she's mentally 13 and her family quickly recognizes that then she'll no be fine cuts. no <laughs> no cuts so as they're walking out of the building we did see as she was kind of getting ready that she's looking at like a bunch of underwear laid out and it's implied that it's mostly thongs. Yeah. And so she says to the 13 year old girl, can you tell I'm wearing underwear? Because I totally am. And the 13 year old girl is like, yeah, that's kind of the point. Like <laughs> adults talking to me about their underwear. Yeah. Mikey, it's completely normal that she's doing this with a 13 year old girl. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that too, but I'm glad Paige brought it up. Yeah, uh, she so she gets into this giant limo for just her, which I, I'm like, why not a town car? Like fancy people just ride in town cars like this is crazy. And I get that they were going to like a party and they wanted to like keep up appearances, but I still don't think you'd have a whole limo for one person. I, I this is headcanon. I don't think that limo can make the turns that it would need to make to drive through <laughs> New York City. <laughs> I think it is too oh, long. Wow. <laughs> I do love that she is fully just outside the sunroof as she's pulling up to this party, though. Yeah. We find out that it's a fancy party for Bloomingdale's and their collaboration with her magazine. Yeah. She eats a, a cocktail shrimp and throws the tail and hits a dude. She hits that same dude like two or three times. She hates that one dude specifically. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> she hits him with the ass of the shrimp. Yeah, the what tail. do you call that? The, the tail. tail? She hits the him tail. with the tail of the shrimp. And then later she like just drops like a popsicle stick or some shit. No, it's a pineapple skewer. That's what it from is. From her um, pina colada. It lands right in his drink. It's so brutal. I mean, it's funny though. I laugh. Can we and talk like about getting drunk on pina coladas and how terrible that is? Um, is I've never had a terrible experience doing that. <laughs> I've had pretty great experiences doing that. I, I love pina coladas, but four in a row is a bit heavy. I mean, that's a that's a big, that's a heavy drink. Well, okay, Mikey, it's because pina coladas are effectively a jamba juice with alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, oh. If I'm on a cruise, that's what's happening. But I mean, <laughs> it, de it depends on how big the pina coladas are. Let's let's put it that way, because I've definitely had four lava flows in a row and just been pleasantly buzzed all day. I love a pina colada. It's definitely a baby drink. <laughs> yes, but as someone who used to frequent tiki bars. Yes, please. <laughs> I love a good tea bar. So she's getting <laughs> trashed on pina coladas. Uh, she comes to talk to Judy Greer and calls her Tom Tom. And Judy Greer's like, yeah, I had a nose job. Sure, yours looks better. Which is where we reveal that 
she has also had a nose job somewhere along the way, oddly enough. Oh, I thought it was like I had a nose job and yours still looks better than mine. I thought it was like oh. a your natural one looks better. I mean, you might be right, Paige. I just read that differently. I have no idea. The only reason I read it differently is because she feels her nose after, which yeah. to me suggested that she had also had one. It was just like, what? I mean, you might be right. I might have just missed that. Yeah. I don't know. But. Andy Circus comes up to her and is just like, it's 11, people are leaving, this is a, a disaster. This party's they, a disaster. It's the end of the magazine. Uh, they run into Sparkle's editor-in-chief. Yes. And she just says, you are mean and rude and sloppy and frizzy, and I don't like you at all. I like Which that quite a bit, yeah. I like that Very too. funny. I think we should all start um, insulting each other like we're like in all 13 <laughs> again. That'd be amazing. She doesn't <laughs> even go here. Uh <laughs> Your face is stupid. <laughs> so the party is clearing. Yeah. And she basically is like, well, the DJ needs to play something different, which she is right. The DJ is not playing danceable music. Yeah, the DJ is killing this party with like bad techno. Yeah, yeah like house it's music. just like yeah. atmosphere house music. It's not, yeah, music. but it's not good house music because house music no. can be done really well. It's just not a good version of it. I, I also have a thing of like, if you don't know who's coming to a party, if it's like the bulk, uh, like if you're trying to get the most people to dance as possible, house music is not the way to do it. Right. You got to do it like a, like a fucking wedding reception and just play cool in the gang and be fine with it. And everyone's going to dance to it. Yeah. You know, that's where disco wins. Disco or nineties acid jazz. No. Oh, man, come on. You could see people dancing to virtual insanity at any wedding. I wouldn't call that acid jazz, but oh, okay. Oh, but they would. Is that like the scat man? Jamiroquai is acid jazz. Insanity, oh, okay. Pretend I don't know anything about music. We don't have to pretend, Mikey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. that's that's real. That will get people on the floor, though. Yes, If it you will. play Cosmic Girl, it's all over. Oh, hell yeah. Especially post- Or Canned Heat. Oh, yeah. yeah I was going to say, Canned Heat post-Napoleon Dynamite will get any yeah, white yeah. guy dancing. Yeah. Got Canned Heat in my heels tonight, tonight baby. baby. So she goes to the DJ booth and puts on Thriller, and people start to creep back onto the dance floor- and she walks out into the center and does the thriller dance on her own with a spotlight for a few minutes until she spots Maddie in the crowd and kind of like drags him onto the dance floor with her and they dance it together. And he's a little rusty, but she's got it down. And then a bunch of other people join them on the dance floor and everyone's doing the thriller dance. And they play almost the entire song. And I think it's because the rights to that song were expensive. And damn if they weren't using the whole thing. Oh, I'm sure and, they and were you know expensive. What? Yeah. It, they, yeah. it pulls off. Because I think this is the iconic scene of this whole It movie. is. This is the scene everybody remembers. This is the only scene I remembered from this movie. Mm. I mean, you have Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, Andy Serkis all dancing. Oh, and Judy Greer, I think, joins in. Yeah. So yeah. all of these, like, stars at the time dancing to the thriller, I was in it. I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. This was such a popular scene that I remember that thriller had, like, a resurgence after this yeah. movie came out. Where, because I was in high school when this movie came out, and people learned the thriller dance in high school 40 years after Thriller originally came out. No, not 20 years after it originally came out. Right now is 40. Yeah. I'm old. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 20 years after Thriller originally came out, we were learning the dance. Everyone at this time period was learning the Thriller dance. Kids in high school, mm -hmm. prisoners in India, like all of that shit oh, was happening right. around this time. Yeah. yeah. I remember that video. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, most of those people are probably dead. Um, <laughs> anyway, Matt leaves 
and disappears into the crowd, but the party keeps going and they just keep dancing. And then the next day she goes on a Chanel shopping spree. Yeah. She spends a lot of that money. She earned investing at a young age. <laughs> yeah. That's the only way this works. Uh, she goes to the park and feeds a dog. What looks like a fatal amount of ice cream, <laughs> depending on the flavor. Yeah. Hopefully it wasn't like dark chocolate chip or some shit like that. It looked kind uh, of vanilla, -y, but it might've had chocolate chips in it. I don't know. Thing, she yeah. just like gives it a cone and the owner, just like that's fine i'll take a couple thousand in vet bills no worries the, the reason that person doesn't care is because it's not the owner that is a professional dog, <laughs> it's a walker, dog walker who will be taking <laughs> that dog back to the owner and having no responsibility for what it ate well, yeah, I have no idea why it's throwing up all the they time. They own that dog, and that dog be kind of problematic for their life, and oh, no. maybe they don't know what to do with it. Oh and no! So maybe they're just not as emotionally invested in the outcome of the ice cream. Mikey, these quote unquote jokes are making me <laughs> uncomfortable for Macy's future. This is how he's going to get you to take her. No. <laughs> She'll die if you don't. She'll die if you don't. Oh, I, hate I heard your so house much. was a no-kill shelter. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Mikey, that is fully true. Like straight up, I would not pay for the surgeries that you had. Yeah, same. No, my ten grand is so much money. Yeah, but I love her. I love Shanika so much. Wait. You have to now. You invested in her. <laughs> I do think I'm gonna go broke paying for vet bills. You gotta save that for people bills. Yeah. No, GoFundMe is America's healthcare system. I think we'll be fine there. Yeah. Oh no we get kind of a montage of her doing like fun adult thirties things where she's like watching old movies and eating cheese doodles with a face mask on. <laughs> yeah. And then she shows up at the bar where Judy Greer is and is like, I've decided I'm going to be 30 and it's going to be awesome. And this is where Judy Greer does the like, Oh, the guy behind you is checking you out. Oof, this scene, man, she turns and she's like, <laughs> he's cute. And I'm just like, who there isn't a cute gentleman behind her anywhere. Nary a no. hot dude to be seen. And, and she walks past the 48-year-old gentleman Judy Greer was talking about. And listen, if you have a type, Judy, that's fine. But that guy was way too old for both of you. And she walks up to a guy who's way too young for both of them and asks him for his ketchup bottle because she doesn't have a good opening line. Well, and she's like, do you, do you know how to drive? Great. <laughs> Which is the first time I thought about the fact that she does not know how to drive. Yeah. We don't even know if she has a car. Oh, until. yeah. Because that's why they have the Lincoln. Because she's explain. 13. Yeah. I don't know. So Judy Greer pulls her away and is like, do you want to go to jail? Like, what the hell? And they go outside the bar where she spots the guy that was naked in her apartment at the beginning of the movie yeah she sees him across the street and he's like i thought he was talking to another woman and i was like oh I my god so he was he was just signing an autograph well yeah 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 yeah. it's a it's an acceptable talking to a woman though because of right, what's right, going right. on i didn't realize that he was like that level of hockey famous yeah he's not a bad guy he's just dumb he is just dumb yes and listen i have throughout my life ridden the funny and dumb train and it takes you places man yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but as he's coming across the street matt and his fiance shows up yeah this is the first time you find out matt's got a fiance yeah that matt's got a fiance and uh judy greer like reverse fat shames him yeah she's like oh you're no longer fat yeah and he basically comes back with like oh nice nose job which is <laughs> yeah perfect i was just like that's right yes Everyone shames everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but we find out that Wendy is in uh, an, a news anchor and she wants Maddie to move to Chicago. And they've been together for a while, it seems, yeah. you know. And her boyfriend 
runs across the street and she introduces Matt and Wendy, but she doesn't know her boyfriend's name, but they know his name because he's a famous hockey yeah, player. He's yeah. a famous hockey player. Yeah. I like how Mark Ruffalo just like dryly tolerates his fiance. Like, oh, this is. Yeah. Their, their relationship the is strange. The whole time. She's so nice. Like, I don't have any problem with his fiance. She's fine. Yeah. He, his reactions to her are weird. Um, especially there's a point later in the movie when he's clearly like he's penciling into his calendar, his date with Jenna. Yeah. And she comes in and I think he thinks it's Jenna. And I'm like, why would it be? She doesn't have a key to your place. Like yeah. your first thought was not that you're, it's your fiance. And then, cause he's like, Oh my God, I didn't expect you to be here. And then he turns and it's the fiance. And he's just like, Oh, I really didn't expect you to be here. And she's like, were you <laughs> expecting someone else? <laughs> and then walks away. And I was like, he was, yeah, he fully was. He fully was. Yeah, and I think they tried to imply like he wasn't like in love, love with her. But no, like, he loved yeah. her, but not like not like goosebumps is the way they right. equate that right. on screen. Yeah, but I feel like they didn't pull off that concept great. Yeah, they imply at the end that he's settling for her. Yeah, yeah. Even though she seems super nice and cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you marry someone you're like not in love with, I guess you would be settling. I guess, but my I think my question would be, would there be any question of if he loved her if Jenna had never shown up? No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah well, so that's why I, th- I think it tries to imply that, like, he's always felt that way, and that's why he acts like this, but, like, I, it, they don't pull it off at all. Yeah. Anyway, so her, her famous boyfriend comes across the street, and he offers them art- autographs and just says, I don't do butts. <laughs> and I was just like, he's been asked to do a lot of butts. Yeah. Um, Because that was a laugh of a man who would do a butt if you asked him. Yeah, 100%. I was like, I will sign any boobs people ask me to sign. Uh, I have signed a number of autographs in my day, not from this, but like stuff that predates the podcast. And uh, I have signed some very strange things. (laughs) Have you signed a boob or a butt? Uh, I have signed both. (laughs) How was it? The butt was easier to write on. (laughs) That's the information I needed. I mean, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, thank you, Todd. Uh, so at this point, Judy Greer, Lucy, is basically going to ditch her with the boyfriend, which because she doesn't believe that she's a 13-year-old in an adult's body, she sees no problem with. She's like, yeah, that's your boyfriend. Of course, go home. Yeah, with I think like, she's what are you talking about? Judy Greer is a villain here. I'm not saying that she's not, but I do think she's justified in leaving a 30-year-old woman with her boyfriend. Yeah, and and I I just have in my notes, literally, is everyone okay with people just getting straight molested in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> anyway so she goes back to his house and he gets her glasses of wine yes and they like sit on the couch and he's just trying to make out with her it's he's he's kind of sweet actually he is yeah you're absolutely right but she's like are we not gonna play like real board like what about for cheesy she literally says do you have battleship yeah and he's like i'll show you my destroyer which is my this is my favorite line of the movie because i don't know if you know this the destroyer is the smallest piece in battleship (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no it's not yes it is that. yes it is if it is that's very funny but also not consistent with what we see bouncing around in those tidy whities later 
Oh, you're right. Yep. It says even the smallest ship, the destroyer, covers only two squares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. It is my favorite line in the movie. Because either he has no idea and he's oblivious that he's owning up to the fact that he has the smallest dick, or he thinks it's funny and that dude is packing dong. And we see later what he's packing. He I mean it's sizable. Okay, but also we, we don't know if it's at full mast or if it's yeah. Aircraft carrier would have been an equally funny joke. I think destroyer is funnier because people are not going to automatically know that it's the smallest. But once you realize that it's the smallest, then it's really, then it's <laughs> extra funny. Yeah. I laughed out loud and Natalie was like, what is funny about this? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a, that's a small penis joke right there. And you don't uh, even know yeah. it. <laughs> I would I love to go for a joke with layers because it's funny enough on the surface of yeah. like I'm I'm gonna show you the boat, but the fact that it's the smallest boat is oh that's stupid hilarious. That is yeah, I well I well respected that joke. That's really great. She keeps giggling as he's trying to make out with her on the couch. Yes. He's like, Oh, that's right. I owe you one raunchy strip tease. And he is not a great dancer. No. But he makes up for it in enthusiasm. Yeah. No, this is this is definitely how I strip tease. This <laughs> <laughs> I need a video of this. He plays Ice Ice Baby yeah. because he's a hockey player. Yeah. Yes. It's awesome. He's funny. He's he really funny. funny. The, the, he's my like. Okay, don't get me wrong. Love Mark Ruffalo. He's adorable in this <laughs> You movie. wanted her to end up with the hockey player. <laughs> I would fully be dating the hockey player. <laughs> Honestly, if he knew he was making that joke and it wasn't just him being oblivious, like. He's hysterical. Yes. He is yeah. hysterical. Yeah. He is a hockey star that moonlights as a stand-up comic, and I'm here for that biopic. Well, and, and I feel like every interaction we see with him, he's kind of goofy. And yeah. I'm like, I could settle for goofy. Like, even if he's not that smart, goofy's pretty fun. Yeah. Gorsh. <laughs> but yeah, he 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 strips down to his tidy whiteies, and the dancing is doing him no favors. But those tidy whities are, because it looks like he packing his heat. Yeah, that's like, what I was saying. Is, that damn. joke about the, the small penis joke he just made was ironic. I, for a hot second, wondered if it was like a boogie night situation. Oh. And it was fake. Oh, yeah. But but at the same time, I'm like, a teenager saw this movie. So, like, I can't imagine that they were just like, yeah, 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 stuff it. Like, unless they were just like, this Destroyer joke is the one thing I got into this movie, and I'm going to see it all the way to the end. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we cut to, she's back at her apartment building talking to the teenage girl. And she's like, yeah, he didn't have, like, board games or anything. And I'm just like, what did they do that night? <laughs> like, did she just eventually leave? I assumed nothing happened. Yeah, I, I assumed that he probably was just like, okay, fine, I'm going to bed. Like, you're being weird. I'm going to bed. Bye. And this is where she tells that teen that teenage girl has the whole, like, why do the ones you like never like you back? And she's like, because love is a battlefield. And that's going to be, like, a thing later in the movie, I oh, guess. yeah. Where we teach young women about, is that Pat Benatar? It is Pat Benatar, yes. We actually see the music video for it for a brief moment yeah. in this movie. Yeah, that's Patty mm -hmm. B's for sure. Patty B's. Uh, we cut to another board meeting where they're throwing out ideas for articles. And it's just 57 ways to have an orgasm. He loves you, but he loves your butt. Yeah. <laughs> like, <and it's> just, <laughs> the joke just kind of morphs as they go. Um, but this is where we find out that their numbers are bad and Sparkle is beating them. And so they have to redesign or close the magazine. And 
she basically champions redesigning. Well, Andy Serkis sets it up like, I need my dynamic duo, which he's referred to Jennifer Gardner yep. and, and Judy Greer as the dynamic duo, but they go their separate ways. And Judy Greer has a wildly problematic, horrible idea. And, oh my God, uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, Jennifer Greer has a very Doug Kenny idea when he came back to National Lampoon after his hiatus. I, I feel like Jennifer Garner's idea is just yearbook class. <laughs> That's what Doug Kenny did when he came back to Lampoon. He made that the National Lampoon yearbook. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so she gets back to her office after the meeting and she's got a ton of messages. And it's all people just being like, you fucking bitch. I hate <laughs> yeah. you. And her secretary's reading them to her and she's like, why, why don't I just read them myself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the secretary tells her that Pete Hansen, who's Tracy from the art department's husband, is there to see her yes and he comes in and it's immediately clear that they were having an affair i mean it's clear before they start kissing because his excuse was oh yeah i was just here to drop off tracy's lunch and thought i'd stop by and say hello to a woman i don't know or should have no reason to know yeah right mm -hmm. yeah he's one that i'm just like why this obviously is mean bitchy jenna has like weird physical taste in men I think bitchy Jenna just likes control and yeah, and that's what I thought it was. Likes, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think bitchy Jenna is just like I take what I want. Yeah. But she ends up kicking him in the balls, <laughs> and as she's leaving the office, she overhears Judy Greer and one of the other girls saying that they want to hire the best photographer and they don't want Jenna to know uh, because she stole Charlotte's idea and then fired her. Yes. And we cut back to her apartment and she's kind of sitting there sad because I think she just doesn't like who she's become. And so she goes to Matt's apartment and is like, hey, do you want to go for a walk? And this is where we find out that he's getting married in two weeks. Yeah. But also that he doesn't believe in soulmates, which there's a part of me that's like, that's a healthy thing to believe. Yeah. This movie is making it out like it's not, but it is. And he basically is like, I haven't felt what you're describing as love about anybody since high school yeah which i would argue is just maturity yeah it's growing up and understanding what real love and real intimacy is well yes but i mean i do think there's people you connect with faster oh yeah absolutely yeah. like I, I can still feel butterflies with certain people i mean like you know oh i think i don't you think should. you get rid of that but i mean yes. like you know yeah the soulmates concept is a little it's problematic problematic because of you know accidents and death and all of that well no it also it puts one person on a pedestal instead of treating them like a person and you are in a relationship with another person yeah and you have to understand that it's just a person not the one they are another person with flaws and you know good but Paige, things that's a very that's a very them. nuanced conversation that's very yeah. complicated for regular people to understand who aren't yeah. emotionally mature so i'm just like but what if your person died are you just alone forever? And then that, that's like a dumb way to get people to come around. Mm. Yeah. Well, perchance there were two people and one of them got struck by lightning. What then? Uh, as, <laughs> as they put it in Ever After, a movie we have done on this show. Anyway, this is where she asks him directly, like, what happened? Why are we not friends anymore? Right. He basically says, like, it was your 13th birthday party. And she kind of tells her side of like, I, I was seven minutes in heaven and he calls it spin the rapist, yeah. which I think is hysterical. <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly the game that they described earlier yeah. in the movie. But the movie is self-aware enough to know that what they do at the beginning is not really appropriate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Which I appreciated. 
Um, but he basically says that she came out of that closet after he shows up instead of Chris and she throws the dream house at him and then never spoke to him again, Yeah, which is like, I understand that that dream house is an intense gift and it's a little strange, but holy shit is that brutal. Yeah. It's but brutal. also she already liked the gift. It yeah. didn't set her character up to be that level of mean yet. But yes, no, but if you yeah. were a thirty-year-old realizing you were in a, your thirteen-year-old body, you might yes, be real. Yes, it's the pissed. only. Yeah, I cannot believe we solved all the plot holes yeah. in this movie. Yeah, we fixed this movie. You're welcome. <laughs> but he basically is like, "Hey, it was a long time ago. Don't worry about it." Because in his mind, they've grown apart, and it's fine, and yeah. she doesn't have to be a part of his life, and so it's not an issue. I mean, how many friends? We're all in our thirties. How many friends are you still friends with from when you were thirteen? From when I was 13. That are not family members. None. Yeah. Maybe one. Three. That I would say I talk to on a consistent enough basis. Fair enough. But, and and to be honest, there's probably of those four, only one that I, no, two, that I talk to consistent enough to be like, we are adult friends that know a lot about each other. Yeah. I mean, I have friends that I had when I was 13 like on Facebook and stuff. And if they were like, Hey Todd, will you help me move? I'd help them move. Like they're like right, great right. people. I love no. them to death. I would do anything for them, but we just don't talk. We're not like friendly anymore. I don't help people move. Yeah. I noticed that recently. <laughs> um, so she basically says like, I don't deserve you being nice. I don't have any real friends. I don't talk to my family. I'm not a nice person and I'm not 13 anymore. And she kind of runs away and we cut to her on a train where she sees like a group of like girls about 13 sitting on the train talking to each other. She goes to her parents' house. She goes up to her bedroom and now it's an exercise room and office. Yeah. She goes down into the basement, walks into the closet and the dream house isn't there. I kind of half expected it to be there because I didn't remember this movie. Yeah, man, this scene I got a little teary eyed in this like little vignette oh, this of made scenes me cry. because yeah. she's yeah. like she's like doing the same thing she was as a little girl, like hitting her back against where the shelf where the, mm -hmm. the dream house was, and then her parents come home and they like sort of take care of her. And she's lucky she didn't get shot because they fully. <laughs> I don't know why he went to check the basement. That's an intruder. They There's probably intruder heard the banging. Home. I mean, it's lucky that they she didn't get Oscar Pistorius. To... Oh no, my god! No, for real. It, no, he's right though. Because, like, if I came home and heard somebody in my house and Jake was with me, I'd be like, who the fuck is in our house? Get your We're katana! Going <laughs> anyway. But it's so sweet. They, like, take care of her. They put her back in her room. Yeah. The stormy night she goes and, like, lays in her parents' bed. I was like, oh, I was so sad. She's eating pancakes with them and she's talking to her mom in the next scene. Like, it's so sweet. Yeah. She spends the night at their house sleeping on the couch. She climbs yeah. into bed with them. And the next morning she's talking to her mom and she's like, do you ever wish you could go back? Like if you were given a do over, what would it be? And her mom's basically like nothing. I, I wouldn't go back because I learned from every mistake that I made and I wouldn't be where I am without them, which is my personal philosophy about time travel. Don't go back. Embrace but also word. we have to look at this scene in a lens of her parents are finally getting that. I told you so moment where their daughter realizes she's a total asshole and has come home. <laughs> And the parents are just super excited, but like keeping it under lid. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, when she left, they're like, finally, our daughter's back. Yay. <laughs> um, 
So we cut to, she goes back to the city. She's looking at her old yearbooks and she realizes that Matt took almost all the photos in their yearbooks. And so she decides that that's how she's going to do her redesign is like a yearbook. She runs into Judy Greer in the elevator and Judy Greer has this like, oh yeah, I'm kind of doing this thing with somebody else. And she's like, don't worry, I am too. So we cut to Central Park where she's kind of invited Maddie there without telling him what's up, which I'm like, wouldn't he have to sign a contract or something? But sure, fine. Or find out what his day rate is. Like, cause she hires yeah. him right there and hands him half the money. It's good that he's like, oh wow, this is a lot of money. But he, right. <laughs> I mean, she, he might've just been like, oh, this is not enough. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, my day rate is, yeah. Yeah, like he might be a, a very sought after photographer. His Greenwich Village apartment's pretty banging. Yeah, but they do like, uh, like kind of like a varsity like sports shoot and then they do like a prom photo shoot and she and Matt end up dancing he brings her a flower when they do the graduation shoot yeah they're full on work flirting yeah they're work flirting yeah um, I don't know anything about that yeah of course you don't <laughs> Oh, Mikey. All the photos come out beautiful and they're looking at them together. And she says, I wish I had razzles right now. And he was like, I haven't had razzles in like 15 years, basically since the last time they had razzles, essentially. So they go and find some and they go for a walk while eating razzles. At which point I was like, did razzles pay for product placement in this movie? Wait, razzles are real? Yeah, you never had razzles? I did not know razzles were real. Is both a candy and a gum, but also it like foams in your mouth, kind of like pop rocks a little bit. It's like kind of like soda. Uh, I want razzles. That sounds good. They're all right. It's not my candy of choice, but they're they're decent. But they come in a bunch of different colors, which is why I thought it was weird that both their tongues were red. So they show each other their tongues, and she says, "Do you want to know a secret? You're the sweetest guy I've ever known." but I bet I could still beat you off the jump. So they're going, they go on the swing sets and they're going to try and jump. And conservatively, it looks like she breaks a leg when she jumps. <laughs> they do. They do look real They rough. both have the saddest jump ever off the swings. Yes. It looks like a um, death in Grand Theft Auto. It does. <laughs> I need someone. Where they kind of like their arms kind of go. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, ah. I need someone to take that, that scene and then put like in slow motion. And wasted. then you die. Yeah. Wasted, wasted over it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh my God, that'd be so funny. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, they land miraculously without broken necks. Well, they they break each other's fall with their soft, supple bodies. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Gardner's not, I mean, like, she's pretty skin and bone. I don't don't think she'd be comfortable to land on. So is uh, Hulk Ruffalo. Yeah, he Hulk Ruffalo is like the perfect amount of doughy in this movie. I'm into it. I am into Mark Ruffalo in this movie. Paige has a type. Yeah, we all know. Magicians. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> cut it out. Uh, no. They, no cut. Is this page. your future? <laughs> is this your future? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That that is one hundred percent how every magician should a, should a propose to his fiance. Is this your future? I just revealed the ring. Hell yeah! The, the, the best. The best would be like, I'm going to need to borrow someone's wedding ring and then (laughs) (laughs) from the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Who thinks they have the most expensive wedding ring here? (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Or pull like like the amazing Jonathan and just like pocket it. Yeah. (laughs) So they had bet whoever jumped farther owed the other one, Orange Julius, and a dinner to celebrate their redesign being chosen. Right. Right. 
Uh, but they land on the ground with broken bones and she, his arm kind of lands like near her arm. And so she kind of feels his arm and just says, you've got arm hair. And he's like, that's not the usual reaction that gets. When I'm fully pushing my pelvis into a woman, they don't, yeah. they don't normally say, Ooh, you've got arm hair. Ooh, you've got arm hair. Uh, but he leans down and kisses her. And if this wasn't cheating and if she wasn't a 13 year old in an adult body, this would be very, very cute. I'll say this. <laughs> this is a very 13-year-old type of kiss. Yes. As far yes. as like how it happened. So I do feel like it's somewhat appropriate, aside from the fact that he is fully engaged to another woman he will be marrying in less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. So we cut to back in her apartment. She's talking about it with all the other girls in the building. And she's like, I know this is a troubling relationship that we have as a group, but I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell your parents you're here. Shh. Tell them you're all at each other's houses. Um, <laughs> and then they watch the love is a battlefield music video and dance to it. Honestly, this scene is wildly problematic if it was actually happening, but like yes. within the conceit of the movie, I sort of loved it. It was adorable. It's very cute. It That's is. why I mean, the movie's cute and you guys, <laughs> this whole lens is making me uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, if you do in fact buy that she is a 13 year old girl, there's nothing problematic about it. And it's just really cute to see. But if you walked in Mikey in your job and saw a like 30 year old woman dancing with a bunch of 13 year old girls she's not related to some alarm bells would be going off i think yes there'd have to be some context for that situation yes yeah so she's setting up the photos for the redesign the next day yeah and we cut to his apartment where he's putting down dinner with jenna in his calendar and this is where his fiance shows up and he's just like hey oh you like oh no <laughs> yeah his fiance who has been established she lives in chicago and like she wants him to move to chicago with them because you could take pictures of vitamin bottles anywhere which i guess yeah. is true but sort of a dicky way to say it but whatever she's a news person she can't move her job's there i mean this is this is a conversation my husband and i have where it's like you can't do stand-up comedy anywhere so like you know but you could do carpentry everywhere yeah <laughs> So we cut back to her office where Andy Circus is like, hey, I need your redesign. Like, I need to know what's up. And she's like, I have to go pick up the other prints, but I promise you I'll be ready in time. Right. She's like, can you wait till five o'clock? Right. We see Judy Greer's presentation, which is insane. It is so bad. It is like next level bad. But in all fairness, Jennifer Garner's presentation is also bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's not as bad as Judy's. No. It is if you your two choices. Yeah. Fashion, suicide, cause of death, chicness. I was like, I was like what oh, the fuck? Terrible. It's like heroin chic, but with more heroin. And I was no, like, yes. <laughs> heroin chic one better. It will kill. And I was like, who are you? The guy from Fortune Fire? Like, this is great. I was like, well, I don't understand the concept. <laughs> there isn't one. It's just like fucking death and fashion. What else matters? <laughs> Alexander McQueen, everything. <laughs> And the, the designs are terrible. Like, everyone's, like, faces are, like, spinning around. It's so bad. It's so, so bad. It's so, so bad. Uh, Jennifer Garner gets the prints. She gets to the office just in time. And then she, I, here's the thing. The presentation materials she has are terrible because they just look like a yearbook. Yeah. But her pitch for no one knows these fashion models. People want to see people like them. I think is brilliant and great. 
but it's the beginning of a concept. Yes. We, we needed to take it a little further. Well, but also she's a 13 year old. Yeah. But also Andy Circus is like, this is all we got. So yeah, sure. So yeah, it's definitely yours and not that fashion suicide one. Um, and he tells her they're going to present it to corporate first thing in the morning. And then he asks about the photographer. This is the like, is he gay? Are you gay? Yeah. <laughs> Where he just laughs and walks away. Hysterical. (laughs) So she walks outside and she's having like her moment of like, yes, I did it. And just barely misses Matt, who walks down the sidewalk to her office and runs into Judy Greer, who has basically gone into Jennifer Garner's office, found envelopes from Sparkle, because turns out Jennifer Garner was the leak the whole time. Yes, she was. Yeah. Because she's a terrible person. And Judy Greer calls Sparkle and makes her own deal. And so when Matt shows up to the office, she says, oh, Jenna decided to go a different direction. Can you sign this release, though? Yeah. Basically, which is brutal. We cut to Jenna's in her apartment dressing up because I think she's thinking they're going to go on their victory date. She walks outside and it's raining. So she does the patented rain spin. (laughs) She does a rain spin, you're right Rain spin Uh, She goes to Matt's apartment and his fiance Wendy is there And she's like, oh he's out getting his tux Because we're getting married tomorrow Yeah, a nice little house wedding at his parents' house Right, that she's not invited to But also, if the wedding has been that day the whole time Which it would have had to have been That means he was fully going to go out on a date with her The night before his wedding Yeah, And like didn't think that was weird A woman he (laughs) recently (laughs) kissed Yep Yeah Mm -hmm. We have to go back, back to the past and fix all this. (laughs) But Wendy's really nice. And she's like, yeah, I'll tell him you stop by. Yeah. So she goes back to her office the next day and she's running her speech. And Andy Circus comes in to tell her that the meeting is canceled and it's all over because Lucy took all your designs to Sparkle. And now she's their new editor in chief. And she got Matt to sign the release. Yeah. And she confronts Lucy about it. And Lucy's just like, sucks to be you. Bye. (laughs) She just does not care. Yeah. We cut to outside and she sees a sparkle ad for her concept on the side of a bus. And the photos that Mark Ruffalo took. Yeah. So she hails a cab. She gets in it to go to Jersey. She gets to almost there. And the cab driver recognizes her in the back of the cab. I love this so much. And he's like, it's Chris from high school, her former prom date. And it is Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Uh, I love it so scene. much. Yeah. I like that the whole time he's like, Hey, you should give me your number. We should totally hang out again if you're single. And then when she gets out, she's like, didn't you want to give me your number? And she just like throws money and hits him in the face. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you, you just completely dissed that blast in the past. Bye. I love that. Uh, that's enough for how many hot pockets do you think you could buy with the money that she threw? From Jersey? She went from New York <laughs> to Jersey? Lot. That's a lot of hot pockets. That's one hell of a fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that she had like $300 to throw through a window. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she runs to their house where she grabs flowers from the florist and is like, I'll take these inside. That's like her way to get inside. Yeah, she sneaks inside with them. Yeah. So she sneaks into where he's getting ready and she's like, hey, I don't know what Lucy said to you. It wasn't true. I'm not the awful person I was. And I'd like to believe that if you knew that you wouldn't be marrying somebody else. And I was like, that's a pretty big leap. He's only known you for a couple of weeks, really. <laughs> yeah, I honestly like the way this scene plays out, man, because yeah. that's sort of like what would happen in reality if this happened. Yeah, because yeah. he's basically just like, yeah, I've, I've felt some shit in the last couple of weeks. Not going to say that I didn't, but also I can't turn back time. We have different paths. We made different choices. I chose her. Yeah, that's her 
family. I care about her. And he says, we don't always get the dream house, but you get awfully close. And this is where we find out that he still has the dream house. Yeah. I mean, it sort of might make sense that it would still be in his like childhood boy yes, room. Yes, because it is know? his childhood bedroom. Yeah. yeah. He didn't like move it with him to New York. It's not in his loft I mean, in New York, you know. Given the way she reacted and how much time he spent on it, I'm surprised he didn't burn it. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I once had a breakup so bad that before I was able to go back and get my stuff, she took my computer to a field and shot it. What'd you do? I broke up with her. That's it? Yeah. Damn. This may be the same person who I've brought up a few times before. Who has called me things in certain situations that made me uncomfortable and oh oh okay okay so this is a person that is not completely with us got it got it got it got it got it but you knew what you were getting into when that those incidences happened yeah you continued to sleep with someone who called you Jesus and then said that they wanted you to get them pregnant yeah so at that point it's on you because you knew when that ended things were gonna get bad I do Mm -hmm. take some ownership over that computer being lost when it happened I was like that's fair. (laughs) <laughs> that's you're like that's on me that's if that's, on me. The, if that's the worst that happens i'm coming out ahead as, as long as it was the computer and not me being shot in the field we cool. <laughs> so she asks if she can have it and this kind of made me sad that you know she has it and carries it basically next door to her house and then just cries because like but she also tells him that she wants him to be happy and that's super like that is the right response yes even though yes. it hurts yeah very that's mature for a 13 year old it is. Yeah, way too mature for a 13-year-old. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I like this scene, though, because it is like she's growing up really fast in this scene, and he's being really honest with her. Well, and her hormones are gone. She has the brain chemistry of a 30-year-old now, so she's adjusting. That's I don't know the belief. biological implications of jumping ahead in time. <laughs> yeah. I have to imagine that it causes some sort of cancer. <laughs> uh-huh. I always assumed time travel caused Parkinson's, but I don't know. Uh-huh. So what you're saying is time travel is pretty shaky. so she carries the dream house next door yeah and she's crying the wind starts to blow and it blows some of the wishing dust onto her time travel yeah she goes back to the closet when she was 13 yes and she pulls her blindfold down and she hears outside where judy baby judy greer tells maddie that jen is waiting for you in the closet and he opens the door and she like attack hugs and kisses him yeah and then gets up, steals the term paper from Judy Greer, and tosses soda on her. It's great. And calls her a bitch. Yes. And calls her a bitch. And we see a different timeline where she and Mark Ruffalo get married as adults, and they move into an actual pink dream yeah, house. Yeah, they live in that dream house. I thought that that was so sweet. I, lo- I was fully crying at this moment. I was like, oh. And eat razzles forever on their lawn couch, which I assume at some point they're going to move inside. But yeah, they were just know, moving in the lawn couch forever. But apparently all their friends are like Mikey because they couldn't get anyone to help them move. You're 30 years old, paid for movers. <laughs> oh, God. And that's, that's the movie. movie. Roll credits. Do you guys think they're still together? I do. This is one of those cases where I do think they're still together. They've been friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing that might cause them to not be together is if they get to a point where they're like, I never fully got to grow up. You're the only partner I've ever known and I need to explore. But, you know, whatever. If that happened, I think it would be from Mark Ruffalo's side because I think she knows better. Do you yeah, think she ever told him that she went into the future and find out that she was a bitch and that he married someone 
that he didn't love? I think fully, yes. 100%. Yeah. I think there's no way she was not telling everyone and probably suffered some repercussions for it and then learned she could only tell her close friends. Do you think she invested in stock and got super rich? Yes, and- that's how they can live in Jersey in a nice pink house and don't have to have real jobs. I think she was like, hey, in 1990, we got to buy Apple stock at like 40 cents. And then by the time we're adults, we'll have shitloads of money. I mean, that's a good that's a good ending. Yeah, I think they're still together, too. Yeah. So um, <laughs> let's do some final thoughts, though. What do you guys think after having seen it and talked about it? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. I think if you take it the way the movie intends it, which is like a silly sort of fun movie. Yeah. It is a silly fun movie, and I get why people like it a lot. I don't dislike it at all. And I think if you look at it like it's a silly fun movie, you can overlook some of the problematic stuff that comes up with it. Like her hanging out with the 13-year-olds in her building and, you know, hitting on that 13-year-old kid at the restaurant. Like, all that stuff you can forgive because you're like, oh, it's just a silly sort of rom com type silly movie. Yeah, I agree. I I thought it was cute. I thought it was cute and enjoyable agree so Paige, you have some fun facts for us i do nice. well i wish that i had some fun facts bah, 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 bah. that's right it's page fun facts bah, 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 bah. how does he find some facts like that it's jesse's girl i get it i gotta find some facts that are fun <laughs> yes i wish uh, if we were if we were like um what was that show with drew carey Captain Marvel herself, Brie Larson, is one of these chicks. 
Yeah. Oh. Wow. Um, okay. Isn't that crazy? Yes, it is crazy. When interviewed about this movie, Judy Greer didn't think the younger version of her looked like her, which like what? in That's what insane. world that girl is a carbon copy. It is crazy. Yeah. Ariana Grande used to watch this film every night. I'm sorry. What? What? And she actually wrote about it in her song. Thank you. Next. There are, are hints to this song. Uh, and so, yeah, it's one of her favorite movies of all time. And her music video kind of like, in one part of the music video, she carries a dollhouse that looks like the one oh my God. in the movie. Okay. Yeah. All right. The girl who played little Jenna still gets recognized as her. Like, so, and she's now a full, like, she's like 30 now, but people still <laughs> recognize her as the girl who played young Jennifer Garner in this movie. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank oh, you for those thank you for awesome fun. fun facts. That's amazing. So let's talk some box office then. So what do you guys think the budget was for this movie? Remember, it came out in 2004. She was big then. I think this is actually kind of expensive. I'm going to say 40. Okay. $32 million. It was $37 million. So you both are pretty close. <laughs> Paige, you were closer. You were, you were closer. Right. Yeah. I know, but still. Yeah. All right. So this movie came out on April 23rd, 2004, and it was second at the box office. It was beat by Man on Fire. It was obviously second. Kill Bill Volume 2 was third. That's what I saw that weekend. Yeah. The Punisher was fourth, <laughs> and Home on the Range was fifth. What do you think 13 going on 30 made its opening weekend against that crowd? It was super popular. I really yeah. love this movie. Yeah. I'm going to say it made first weekend out yep. 20. Okay. What do you think, Mikey? 15. It made $21 million its nice, first bitch. weekend out. Yeah. Yes. So it did very, very well. What do you think it went on to make in domestic box office? Domestic, I'm going to say 150. Okay. 174. <laughs> uh, it actually only made $57 million domestically. Ah, really? Ah, that is surprising. That really surprises me, too, after a very, very strong showing in its first week. Did it make a ton in the home market? I actually don't have those numbers because it did not track from that long ago, um, which mm -hmm. breaks my heart to say because that was 2004 and I'm, I'm old. So it made another $40 million internationally. So the total worldwide box office return for this was 97 million dollars 97.6 million dollars it's not bad i mean it, i think it did very well for what it is it definitely made its money back god this was one of those movies that got played at like every sleepover after it came out yeah this in yeah. the notebook so would we date them um i would well, not the 13 date a 13 year old, version, year old version? version no yeah so no that's gonna be a no for me as well i don't think i'd yeah. be comfortable cool. doing that no cool 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 i would fully date mark ruffalo also her hockey boyfriend to the surprise of no one yeah yeah and honestly if you had to choose between mark ruffalo or the hockey boyfriend i'm assuming whoever was more well versed in sleight of hand would be your go-to <laughs> which would be mark ruffalo <laughs> he's in, now you see me it would be Mark um, Ruffalo. Yes, it absolutely <laughs> would be Mark Ruffalo. I mean, all I'm saying is, is if you if you invest in 13 going on 30 Mark Ruffalo, then you end up with hipster Hulk Mark Ruffalo. And that's the best of both worlds. Yeah, Lumber Hulk all day. Lumber Hulk. Yeah. Lumber Hulk all day. <laughs>
All right, so this week I made you guys watch 13 going on 30, and honestly, you're welcome. Whose turn is it next week? It's my turn. It's Paige. Paige, that's right. You've been teasing this for a while. So, Paige, what are you making us watch next week? This is a movie that I forgot existed until somebody posted about it in the Facebook group, and I was like, we need to do this right now. Um, <laughs> we have to do this immediately. We have to do this immediately because we're going to be watching Head Over Heels. Okay. Have either is- of you seen it? <laughs> no. What is it? Head Over Heels is a 2001 romantic comedy about Amanda Pierce. Early in the film, she moves in with four models and falls for a man living in an apartment that they can see across the street. After the models are trying to help Amanda get the man, they find out he may not be what he appears to be. Yes. Oh my God, Freddie Prince Jr. is in this movie. I cannot wait. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, I, am, I am here to tell you that this was a movie that was recommended to me a bunch. And I was just like, I don't really like romantic comedies save your breath and they were just like you need to what like you're gonna like this one and i was like fine i have no idea how this film got made oh i love this already i don't know i don't know who the fuck greenlit this movie but i want to kiss their feet because it's <laughs> fucking bonkers i cannot stand here and tell you this is a good movie i can just tell you that you will have so much fun watching it that's all you need to know. God damn it, I can't wait. I'm so okay. excited. This episode's going to be fucking fire. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So your homework for next week is to get together with your four supermodel friends, get wine drunk, ogle the man across the street, and watch Head Over Heels. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes, On Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok. Except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Toodle pit. Do you want some razzles? (laughs) You said it like the Joker. Like, that's terrifying. (laughs) Let me put some smiles on that face. (laughs) Your razzles. They're delicious. Do you know how I got these razzles? (laughs) <laughs> Do you know how I got these razzles? I bought them at a store. I don't know why you thought it'd be anything different. I guarantee you, Paige has never been more attracted to the Joker than when he said, Do you want to see a magic trick? <laughs> 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 Ha, 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 ha,